Well, if you were here last week, you would have heard me speak about God being our great defender. The Bible says, doesn't it, that um, who, um, if God is for us, God is our great defender. Also said last week that he's our great provider. He did not spare his son. He's a great provider. And not only that, he's a great saviour. Do you know that this morning, Jesus Christ is praying for you this morning? You know that? He's ever lives to intercede, ever lives to pray for you. The job has not been finished at the cross. It still continues. He still prays for you this morning by name. And so as we come to this part of Romans, it's a wonderful part. Many people have learnt this section and kept it in memory. It's a, a wonderful section of the book of Romans. And so we're going to look at it together and, and as we do so, I want us to look at it under three headings. The first is this, no separation. Look what Paul says in our reading who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Unlike so many modern day Christians, Paul sees a Christian man, he sees a Christian woman as being in a battle. If you're a Christian today, Paul uses this type of language that you are in a spiritual battle. And so he uses the word who will separate us from the love of God. He doesn't say the word what will separate us from the love of God. He uses the word who. See, so many Christians think that the Christian life is like a picnic. I know we're going on a picnic later on, but that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is like a walk in a park. It's like a stroll along the beach. And they think that is a Christian life. And so when trouble comes, when hardships enter into their lives... When sickness comes, or bereavement comes, or financial hardship comes, they think something strange is going on in their lives. And what you hear from many Christians is this, Why, Lord? Why me, Lord? And they seem to forget what Peter says in his letter, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeals that has come on you to test you, as though something strange was happening to you. And the modern day Christian thinks that when some hardship comes in their lives, they think something strange is taking place. And they say to the Lord in their praying, why Lord, why me? Paul wants to remind you this morning, that because you are in a battle, because as a Christian you are engaged 
in a spiritual warfare. He uses this terminology in that, that verse. Who will separate? Because behind every trouble, behind every hardship, behind every persecution, behind every danger, behind every sword, there is a design, a plan, by one who wants to separate you from Christ. Behind every danger, every hardship, every trouble that comes into your life, Satan wants to separate you from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul says in Corinthians, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan has many, many devices. He will dress them up in any which way he wants. He can make his devices into luxuries and pleasures, ease and comfort. He will dress up his devices, his schemes, as luxuries and and comfort. That's what he does in the West. But you also have another way. He can dress up his schemes by nakedness, danger, famine, poverty, trouble, hardship. He can dress it up either which way he wants. And it seems to me that in the West, his favorite tool that he brings out in his bag to separate you is to give you things. To pour blessing, as it were, by him on your life. So that you may forget Christ. I believe the psalmist says to the Lord in his prayer, Lord, do not give me too much that I might forget you. It is possible to forget the Lord because you are in a luxury place. You're living in Loughton. You're living over in Epping or, 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 or Chingford or Rumford or wherever you may be. And, you, and you're living in these areas. And these areas are nice and safe and comfortable. And it's so easy to forget the Lord. But Paul is not talking to the Christians in that situation. He's talking to Christians who are facing persecution, hardship, pain, sorrow, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. And he said, you know what? Satan has a way of dressing up the way he's going to attack you. And he will use that in order to separate you from Christ. But there's one thing that Satan has not counted for. Yes, he may have plans. Yes, he may have designs and schemes against you. He may have dug a few holes, hoping that you will fall into them. That's what his plan and his devices may include. But one thing he has not taken into account, and that is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has not taken that into account. 
Not your love for Jesus. No. We all know that our love for Jesus is a weak, feeble thing. We can love him on Sunday and not speak to him till Thursday, Friday. We can worship him on Sunday and say, I love you, Lord, and never pick up the Bible all week. Our love for Jesus is very weak and very feeble, and I include myself very much in that. Our love for Jesus is very weak, but it's not talking about your love to him. It's talking about his love for you. You see, Satan hasn't counted on the fact that nothing can separate you from the love that he has for you. In fact, the psalmist, got it, the, the hymn writer, got it right when he wrote this hymn. Francis Samuel T. Francis said this, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling like a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. That's the love of Jesus. It is boundless. It is mighty. It is unmeasurable. It is vast. It is a a love that bounds over all barriers. That is the love of Jesus. And the psalm, this man, he knew what he was talking about. He knew that this love of God, this love of Christ, it's so full that Even if I forget him, he will never forget me. That's the love of Jesus. Even if Satan has dug his holes, has made his devices, has dressed them all up to look like suffering and hardship and tears and pain, he's dressed it all up. I know one thing, that the love of Jesus will never forget me. Even if he's dressed it up, to look like flashy clothes and big houses and, and, and fancy cars and holidays and, and all the luxuries, even in that, he will never forget me. The love of Jesus Christ. Deep, deep, vast, unmeasured, boundless, rolling like a mighty ocean. That's the love of Jesus. You will never, ever be separated from that love. I don't know about you, but if you're around about my age, about 100, you may remember the old phones before the mobile phones even came into the picture. Do you remember the old phones? You know, you had this big, massive cream. My phone was cream. In my house, you know, they'll pick it up and then you got to dial the number. You know, it takes you five minutes to dial nine numbers. You know what I'm saying? And then my father used to lock the phone so you can't use it. And you get this lock and you lock the phone so you can't dial the number. You know, and those phones back in those days, you know, if you were to leave your house back in those days, no one can contact you. You have to find a phone box somewhere to ring home. But you won't be contacted all day. That sounds lovely to me. You won't be contacted. But now, in the mobile phones, 
Not only can you be contacted 24-7, but guess what? There's a tracker on your phone. I know where my children are any time of the day. Just follow the tracker. They're never separated. You know, before the mobile phones, the love of Jesus Christ was tracking you down. No matter what hardships you went through, no matter how much tears you poured out alone, quietly, by yourself, no matter how much brokenness is in your life, I want to tell you this morning, the Bible says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? And the answer is nothing at all. What Satan might design, however he might dress it all up, however his arrows might be pointing into your life, you will never be separated from his love. Amen? Amen. Praise be to God. That's the first thing I want to talk about. No separation. The second thing that I want to say about this verse is this. No defeat. Look what the Bible says. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, what things did he talking about? What are the things that we are more than conquerors in? Well, he mentions it in a verse before. Trouble, hardships, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword. More than conquerors. Often when Christians face these things, it's very hard to see them as being more than a conqueror. Can you imagine? I can hear some of you saying, hold on. You're telling me that if I'm a Christian, I can face this trouble, this hardship, this persecution and famine and nakedness and danger. I can be more... No way. I've seen how Christians, even Christians, handle these things. No way do Christians handle these things and go up smiling and skipping and happy saying I'm more than a conqueror. These things are horrible. These things destroy you. These things make you miserable. How can you say you're more than a conqueror concerning these things? But Paul here is eager for you to see what is really happening to a Christian who suffers. Paul wants you to see something that many of you may not see. When you're going through these type of hardships and these type of struggles, he wants you to see something. What does Paul want you to see? Well, let me take you to 2 Corinthians 4. Paul says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why are we not crushed? That's what you need to ask this verse. That's what you need to ask the Lord. Why are we not crushed? Why are we not in despair? Why are we not abandoned? Why are we not 
destroyed? Well, Romans has the answer again. For Paul says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Through him who loved us. Here it is again. This life, this treasure that God has given you, he's poured it into your life. He's poured it into that little body that is sitting here listening to me. And that body there can be buffeted. Yes, you can be bruised. Yes, it can be broken. Doctors can give you some bad news. Broken heartiness. Completely mental exhaustion. Things come into that little body of yours. But in that body, God has poured so much treasure in that body. And while that treasure is in there, the Bible is turning around and saying, you have my power living within you. You have not just my power, but you have my love dwelling within you. So no matter how buffeted you might be, no matter how bruised you might get, no matter the hardship comes and the persecution comes and the difficulty comes and the famine comes and the nakedness comes and the sword comes and the danger comes, no matter what comes your way, guess what? The treasure is still in you. And because the treasure is still in you, Paul says, it shows that his love is still dwelling richly inside you. Or take it again, look what Paul says over in 2 Corinthians 6. He's mentioning sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Yet making many rich, having nothing. Or my version says, poor, but making many rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. How can you be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing? How can you be poor, yet making many rich? How can you have nothing, and yet possess everything I'll tell you how this world can offer you nothing that can make you rich and can take nothing away that will ever make you poor because in you my dear friends God has poured out his love what does it say in the scripture behold see what amazing how, how amazing the love the Father has lavished upon us. The love the Father has lavished upon us. That we should be called, what? The children of God. His love has so been upon upon you. That even though you can be sorrowful, you can still rejoice. Even though you can be poor, you still can make others rich. Even though you have nothing. Jesus said, don't worry about it. Because you're my child, you possess everything. That is God's economy. That's how God works. And so this morning, when I say to you this morning, nothing can separate you from the love of God. 
That is what the Lord wants you to know this morning. He wants you to realize this morning that no matter what you go through, how difficult situations may be, how difficult your, 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 your life can become, he's outpoured into you so much treasure. He's invested so much into you that nothing is ever going to destroy that. You are his. And he belongs to you. So therefore, there's no separation. There's no defeat. And finally, there is no doubt. I like what Paul says. This is one of the most great, um, great writings in the book of Romans. Paul says this in Romans chapter 8. His first words is this. For I am convinced. I just like, let me just stop right there before you carry on reading. He says, I am convinced. No way are you going to change my mind. No way am I going to be doubtful about this. No way am I going to be 50-50, half in, half out. No, no, no. Paul says, I am convinced. Well, Paul, what are you convinced of? I tell you what I'm convinced of, says Paul. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's he saying? He's saying this. Paul spells it out for the Christian. He no longer is just speaking about what Satan can do. No longer speaking how the devil might dress up his hardship. Might dress it up in rich robes or he might dress it up in persecution. Not speaking about that anymore. He goes further. He says this. Let me talk to you, he says, about life and death. But he says, I am convinced that neither life, death, nor life And the reason why he says this, he says this in Philippians. For to me, to live is Christ. And if I die, it's gain. He says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, the reason why death or life will never separate me from Christ, for me to live is Christ, but if I was to die, if I was to end up in a box and be buried six foot under, whatever happens to my body, I don't care because I know that if I die, I will gain Christ. My dear friends, do not fear death. Do not tremble at the thought of your, your demise. Do not tremble at the thought of your funeral. Do not fear death. For if you know Christ this morning, nothing will separate you from his love. Not even life and certainly not death. Praise be to God. He said, I'm convinced about that. I'm not half in and half out. I'm not doubting whether I should be saved and God glory. No, I am convinced. He says, not only is he convinced by that, he's also convinced about this. He says, I'm convinced too that demons, angels, nor demons can separate us from the love of Christ. He's already mentioned about how 
the devil, Satan, will try. But he said this, even if an angel should come down from heaven, an angel, look what he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse or let them be eternally condemned. If an angel from heaven who's been in the throne of God and seen the face of God and worshipped him, if he came down and tried to separate you from the love of God, that will be impossible. May that angel be eternally condemned. Because Paul is there, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither demons nor angels can separate me from the love of Christ. But he doesn't stop there. Let me talk to you about things that are taking place in your life now, the present. The things that are going around you now. Hardships, difficulties, pain, sorrow. These things are going around you now. The present will not separate you. But not only the present, he says the future. Things that I don't even know yet. I have no idea what's going to happen next week. I have no idea what's going to happen next year. I don't know what's going to happen in five, ten years' time. I have no idea. But one thing I know, that whatever happens, says Paul, even the future will never separate me from his love. Praise be to God, but he hasn't stopped there. Oh, he's mentioned death or life. He's mentioned demons or angels. He's mentioned the present or the future, but he hasn't stopped there. He said, not any powers. Let me talk to you about some powers. We have nuclear power. We have chemical power. We have weapons of mass destruction. And there's greater power coming in the future. We don't even know what powers they've been developing. There's powers that we know nothing about. You can even go to the highest height. You can even go to the deepest depths. Trying to find something. Something that will stop you from being loved by God. And you can try world over. But the truth is, as the word of God says, you will find nobody and nothing able to separate you from his love. Does God love you? Someone says, well, when he stretched out his hands on that cross, how much did he love you? When he stretched out his hands on that cross and was nailed to it, Yes, he was demonstrating his love for you. For the Bible says that God demonstrates his love to you by this, that while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. He stretched out his hand, but there's more. Does God love you? Yes, he does. And the reason why he know he loves you is because he refuses to be separated from you. Absolute refuse. To be separated from you. No matter what comes your way. He has committed himself. As, a, as you being a child of God. As you being a woman. A man of God. He has committed himself. Never to be separated. Ever from you. Praise be to God. 
When I was preaching, I was thinking about that. I was lost in amazement. Who am I, oh God? Who am me? Who, who is Jerry Sandy? That you should think so much about him. Who are you? That God should concern himself so much about you. Who are you? What have you done? What credits have you got to your name? What can you suggest or, or bring to God and say, God, look at me. Surely you can receive me. What can you offer him? And yet... He has committed himself to you in such a way that he says, I will never be separated from you. Well, what should be your response to all this? Well, your response should be simple. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Our desire should be that the life of Jesus should be seen and revealed in me. That should be your response, you know. Your response should be, Lord, I desire that people no longer see me, but they see you. Lord, I desire that even through my tears, even through my pain, even through my sorrow, even though people gather around me and try to comfort me, I want them to see you in that situation, oh God. I want you to be revealed in every area in my life. Whether I'm on a mountaintop and I'm having a great time praising you, and everything in my life is all clicking together. My, my children are all well, and, and, and my, my grandchildren are coming, and I'm, I'm just praising God. I want you to be revealed in me. Or whether I'm in the valley, and it's shadow lands, and darkness, and whether I have things, I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and I'm concerned about the day. I want people to see you being revealed in me. Why? Why do you want that? Why would you want people to see Jesus in you? Why do you want to see people looking at you and focusing upon Christ? Why? The reason why? Because he loves you so very that's the reason why. Because he refuses to be separated from you. And it doesn't matter where you go, how much darkness is in your life, how much sadness is in your life, how much joy is in your life, he is going to love you constantly. So Paul says, who will separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble, hardship, Persecution, nakedness, famine, danger, or sword. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. For I am convinced, says Paul, that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demons, neither the past nor neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation 
is going to separate me. It's going to cause, it's going to cause God to leave me. It's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to cause God to forsake me and to forget about me. No, he's not. He is always going to love me through all of these things. And if it doesn't move you, if that doesn't move you to turn around and bow your head and say, oh God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your promise of keeping me. Then I don't know what will. Because his love is eternal. And it will be with you now. It will meet you in the grave. And it will rise you from the dead and bring you safely into glory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God, what can we say? What can we say? You have loved us even while we have been rebellious, hard-hearted. Sometimes we've raised our fists to you and saying, I don't like you, God. Sometimes we've turned our backs on you and said, I'm not going to speak to you again. Sometimes we take the Bible and we throw it to one side. I don't want to hear from you. Sometimes, Lord God Almighty, we have become so arrogant and angry. And yet, Lord, you love us. You love us. You love us. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Vast, unmeasured, boundless, free. Pouring like a mighty ocean. Washing over me. That love, Lord, may it be up poor today. May every person be constrained by that love today. May those who are not Christians, Lord, be swept away by that love today. May believers here today, Lord, be bowled over and stand in awe of your love today. Oh God, may your love be so real in this house today. We give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen.